this universe, we look at a lot of things like failure is not such a bad thing. If you're not failing, you maybe you're not trying hard enough. Welcome to Ending Pending. I'm your host, Andy. I'm... I don't know. I can't think of anything. I went to Juilliard, and I'm Evan. (laughs) I'm the cousin of Bruce Wayne, and I'm Ronnie. If you can tell by those introductions, Ending Pending is a podcast where we discuss television shows which have only lasted for a single season. We're currently covering NBC's Powerless? Yeah. Sounds right. But before we get into that, I have a bit. What's the bit, Andy? We're back to the normal system. Back to the normal system. And I didn't think of a bit, which is... <laughs> which is so which normal. Is back, which is yeah, back to the normal system. Yeah, that's pretty much how it goes. Oh, this is unbranched. the most normal we've ever been. Okay. If you could be cousins with any superhero, who would you want to be cousins with? Mm. Cousins? Does this come with any perks, or are we just biologically related to the superhero? It might have perks. Like, if you're... If you're Batman's other cousin, cousin, you're a lesbian, and your parents were also murdered. <laughs> this is a, a very unlucky family I'm gathering. Pretty much. Hmm. Um, what's a rich superhero other than Batman? Batman. Batman's too cliche. Batman is predictable at this point. We gotta think outside the box. He's a really rich guy. I, I was going to say, yeah, I think I would go with uh, Aquaman because Aquaman oh. is literal royalty and uh, has some sweet oceanfront property. It's the yeah. it's, it's the most oceanfront you can possibly be. It is, in fact, ocean. It is ocean adjacent. It is ocean under. Yeah. It is no, it's ocean. just ocean. It's ocean. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I mean, you know, he can talk to the fish and the fish respond. And that's, I wonder if that's uh, hereditary. I wonder if, as Aquaman's cousin, you would also be able to speak to fish. Oh, I, 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 I can't imagine. I don't think so. But he could talk to him for me. He could send them messages like, hey, eat the tasty food so that when I eat you, you're also tasty. I don't know if that's how that works. Maybe eat less mercury so that I consume less mercury when there I eat you. There you go. There you go. There's got to yeah. be. I mean, there's as far as krill goes, I feel like there's got to be good that good good krill and there's that krill that uh, i mean if i'm if i'm desperate i'll eat that krill but for the most part i'm staying away from it maybe i could be like magneto's cousin no 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 he's he was jewish and alive during the holocaust so no i don't want to be his cousin um hmm i'm gonna say beast boy beast boy yeah he's not rich no, well, that's not true. He's an actor. He becomes an actor. Garfield Logan just becomes an actor. And so maybe he could get me into those, like, sweet, sweet movie premieres and red carpet shit. Also, you could just, like... Play with any animal ever. Exactly, yeah. I want to wrestle with a tiger. Ba-boom! I assume that's I the sound that Beast Boy makes is ba-boom. I want to ride a dinosaur. Unless you're <laughs> not on good terms with him. You don't necessarily have a positive relationship with this cousin. I mean, that's true. I don't talk to my real-life cousins. I think if your real-life cousins could turn into a literal freaking koala bear, you might uh, try and salvage that relationship. Maybe. Depends. Although I don't think Beast Boy, as he exists, would be homophobic. It's true. Oh, you know what? I'm going to be Kate Bishop's cousin. Because Kate Bishop is like the coolest superhero that I can think of. That's a good choice. Yeah. We're just going to hang out. Also, her dad is crazy rich. So, like, she herself is not rich, but she definitely has a trust fund. And you can just, like, go on vacation. You're adjacent to money. Yeah. And also, besides being money adjacent, Kate Bishop is actually just the coolest motherfucker around. It's true. Yeah. She's the raddest. Yeah, I'm going to be Kate Bishop's cousin. Being money adjacent is really the way to be. Yeah. I, every time I buy a lottery ticket for like, because I only buy a lottery ticket when it comes to like the big ones, I go through this like thought process of like, 
uh, I can't wait to win $350 million. And then I get nervous about how my life would change if I won $350 million. And I say, well, maybe I'll just win like the, the hat, like the, the hundred million dollar prize. And then by the end of the night, I'm like, I hope I only just win a million dollars. And then by the end of the night, I'm like, I don't want to win anything. I, I don't know why I buy the, bought this ticket. And I'm never disappointed because I always lose. And <laughs> you always get exactly what fine. you wanted. Oh no, oh no, it's going to change me. Right, yeah. It's oh. going to change who I am as a person. Nobody's going to like me. Right. Rich Handy would be awesome. Yeah, we could just buy that church next door and have D&D in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Our D&D house. Our D- this is our second <laughs> separate house that we use exclusively to play D&D in. Uh, real talk, I wouldn't know what to do with $100 million. I cannot conceive of a way... To spend a hundred million dollars, that would make me any happier than spending like a million dollars would. You know, like I can think of a way to spend a million dollars, but I cannot. That amount of money is just not like real to me. It's not a real thing. That's an. It might as well be infinite money. They might as well tell me like you have forever money now. You can just buy anything that your heart desires whenever you want. I'd send a bunch of poor kids to college. Or whatever they wanted to do, you know, if they don't want to yeah. go to fuck college, college sucks. I, I was going to yeah, school. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I mean, whatever they want to do, you know, if they want to go yeah. on, like to the Bahamas for a month, like I, I do, like, you know, I just want to make some poor people a lot less poor um, yeah. and not by like, well, I'll give them the resources they need to take. I just I give them money. That's a good way to make poor people not poor. Just give them money. Yeah, that's actually probably the the most significant way to influence politics with that amount of money also. Mm-hmm. Like if you just gave poor people some money. Just like enough, enough to like survive. Yeah. You I know? saw a, a post the other day and it was like, you don't give homeless people money because they'd spend it on booze and alcohol, which is exactly what you're going to spend that money on. And <laughs> I was like, or not booze and alcohol, drugs and alcohol. And I was like, you know what? Yeah, that is exactly what I would spend that money on is drugs yep. and alcohol. So, yep. Who am so, I to tell them? Fuck. Who am I to tell you? No, you should not have a beer. You don't yeah. deserve to have a beer because you're less than me. That's what that says. That's not okay. Uh, all right, let's talk about this show. Let's talk about this show where there's We're watching uh, probably new... some homeless people in, in Charm City. Oh, definitely. Oh, definitely, yes. The show that we are watching, it is called Powerless, and it is about a company that makes gadgets and products to protect you from superhero mishaps that happen in your everyday life. Because this, and I genuinely didn't realize this going into it, but this is an official DC property, like a DC Comics tie-in, even though it is tonally just so completely divorced from everything else in the DC universe like the dc television and i guess not like heroes of tomorrow is kind of like it's, campy and weird it's closer close to legends of tomorrow you can tell evans of a, tomorrow you can tell Sorry. evans a big dc fan <laughs> excuse big me Berlanti. I, big Berlanti guy yeah evan watches all the the supergirl the black lightning the flash yeah. i do not but no. andy does um andy likes those those Silly show. Anyway, um, I genuinely didn't realize this was a DC property until we saw the like intro and it had scans essentially of iconic scenes from the comics. Like it had the pages on the screen, and I was like, oh shit, that's copyrighted material. Like they must have paid a lot for that. And then they are like talking in the show and they start mentioning Batman and then. Alan Tudyk is Batman's cousin, and we're like, wait, they can just talk about Batman? And then we realize, like, oh, shit, this must be an official... I don't think it was till the Joker got arrested that we were like, oh, shit. Yeah. Or maybe LexCorp. When they mentioned LexCorp, I was like, huh. Yeah, so the premise is that uh, this bright, young, starry-eyed woman gets hired as the head of R&D for Wayne Security, which is this, uh, like, superhero gadgets development company. She's not well-liked. Her co-workers slash underlings 
immediately find her to be very annoying because she's kind of like starry-eyed and chipper and she just wants to, you know, make the world a better place and uh, lead by example and be a nice fun boss and they're just like, please go away. So the, the premise of the first episode is that Van Wayne, played by Alan Tudyk, who is Bruce Wayne's cousin, he's kind of an incompetent boss, kind of like Michael from The Office, but funnier. He's basically desperate to be relocated to Gotham City, and if that happens, this like branch of Wayne security is going to close and they're all going to lose their jobs, which is weird because they just hired this woman. But anyway, Emily, who's the main character's name, is sort of tasked with like saving the company to like keep this branch afloat so that Van has to stay there to supervise it so that they don't all lose their jobs and she does uh they they invent a supervillain detector thing like a smell powered supervillain detector and it's a massive success and thereby Emily kind of proves herself and the branch of this Wayne security place stays open and Alan Tudyk is very mad about it. Um, in episode two, Emily's trying to like bond with her team. They're working on a new product and the like engineers keep getting distracted by this superhero, like fantasy football, basically. And she goes to HR to have the fantasy football superhero team site blocked so that her team will focus on the product so that she can look good, basically. And HR blocks the entire internet, and at first they blame him for it, and then they find out it's her fault, and then she atones for it by watching a bunch of uh, like anti-bullying videos and appeasing HR, and then she wins their respect back. Um, and then episode three, Van, who's, uh, an idiot, but funny played by Alan Tudyk, uh, is an idiot and loses a major account. And so they have to regain a new big account to account for like that 75% of their income that they just lost. And so they, uh, pitch this idea to the Atlanteans to provide security for the entirety of Atlantis. And Van very stupidly claims that he knows Aquaman and that Aquaman is going to come to his sweet sinking day party, which is a Atlantean holiday. And they're like, oh, rad, we'll totally come to your party and also totally do business with you because you know Aquaman. And he's like, you know, a big celebrity. And um, he definitely doesn't know Aquaman. And Aquaman definitely is not going to be at this party. And so they have to figure out a way to resolve this situation and not look dumb, and not lose the Atlantis account. And they do! Yay! Yay! Yay. And that's the end of episode three, right? Yeah. That's it, yeah. That's, oh, oh goodness. This, I'm learning this... from this episode synopsis that I have, and to be fair, I wasn't reading from this at all, but apparently Sinking uh, Day is celebrating the day that Atlantis sunk into the ocean. Yeah, did you not catch that? No, I yeah. didn't. I don't remember hearing that in the episode. I'm just, just like, I'm learning this now from this episode synopsis. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Those Atlanteans, they like being underwater. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. So goodness, if you are looking for the the show to like really jump on the ending pending wagon, uh, and you want to watch along with us, this is the one to do it. Uh, this show's with. great. This show is I so we'll get to that. I just mean that this show is concise. This show oh, is yeah. it it's is like 21 minute episodes and there's yeah, 12 of them. There's so 12 this of is them. a very low commitment show and it's available for free online totally yeah. legally. You don't need I, to pirate it. Yeah. Like where did, where did y'all find it? Was it on a site called Tubi? Yes, that's it. Yeah. I thought it what was is, UD or something. What is Tubi? I've never heard of it until <laughs> I, I had to know. find this show. Yes, but Tubi was it. I have no idea what Tubi uh, is. But get on Tubi, God everybody. bless you, Tubi. It's the um, Netflix also, of the future. There were like there was only like one commercial per 
episode and it was at the beginning. Yeah. We got to watch a whole 21 minutes after watching a mere one single commercial. It was glorious. I don't know who they're selling my information to, but Tubi, highest bidder. Get get it out there. Take um, take my take my uh browsing data, Tubi Daddy. Yeah. Take it. Oh, for mm. sure. For sure. Mm. Market anyway, market me those ads. Sell me those Serve me those ads, those targeted ads. Let's talk about this show. Yeah. Let's talk about this show. We watched three episodes of this show. Uh, Andy. Yeah. Uh, three episodes of NBC's Powerless. Did they work for you? Look, some of the jokes don't land. Uh, some of the acting's not great. And the special effects are real bad. But I love this show. This show rocks so far. Very cool. Very cool. Evan. Yes, Ronnie. All three of NBC's I almost said NBC's The Good Place, which we will never cover, but gosh, wouldn't it be nice? Uh, NBC's Powerless. Uh, did they work for you? They sure did. This show is great. I We keep watching this and like looking for flaws and being like, why did the show get canceled? It, I can't find it yet. We're three episodes in. I'm very happy so far. Hey, Ronnie. Hey, Ronnie. Hey, yeah. Hey, yeah. Did these three episodes of this new good show work for you? They did. Um, oh, not oh, not as enthused. Not as enthused. They definitely worked. I I am a sucker for a comedy. Yeah, like it, it's going to take a lot for me to say a comedy didn't work. I think it, it's you know the nature of, of this show is usually by this point we've watched four or five episodes uh, on the first episode, only having had three. Uh, they were, you know, not the strongest, but I am in love with the concept. The, the cast is, is phenomenal. Uh, yeah, it's working for me. I'm excited to keep watching. Do we want to do negatives or positives first? Um, why don't we, let's stick to the positives first, but first, first, but first, let's go to the sponsor zone. Let's go to the sponsor zone and, and, and it's like what we're calling it now. Well, it's like the phantom zone, but instead of uh, locking Superman in there, we lock Lunar Light Studio shows. So, Ray. Hi. You're a fan of movies. Absolutely. As such, can you please tell me just a quick summary of what happens in Top Gun? <laughs> Top Gun, of course. Uh, Top Gun is a fan favorite children's movie. Uh-huh. Um, I don't know why there's a gun in the name, honestly. Uh, it's where, uh, what's his name, Steven Stallone uh, yep. goes and joins the military. Uh, but instead of focusing on the military aspects of it, the first half of the movie focuses on the recreational aspects, and he joins a volleyball league. Uh-huh. Now, is Top Gun his nickname on the volleyball squad? That's the team name. The team name is the Top Gun. The so Top like Gun. the Tallahassee Top Gun or what city is it? Do it you think? It's uh it's just the Tennessee Top Gun. Ten the state. The okay, state. state. It's a state. Alright. So state nationalism. That's right. Now I remember. Thank you for reminding me that Top Gun is a film about Steven Stallone portraying a character who joins the Tennessee Top Gun, a nationally ranked volleyball team. He joined the Air Force. All right. Well, cool. I'm Ray. And I'm Joe. Mock Footage is a podcast where we talk about movies, but I don't know anything about them. Isn't that silly? (laughs) (laughs) I think that was it. (laughs) I think that was the one. Mock Footage can be found every week on LunarLightStudio.com. And we're uh, back out of the sponsor phantom sponsor zone. Ooh. I don't know what we're doing. <laughs> All right. So uh, what worked for us? Uh, clearly lots of things. What worked for us about these three episodes of Powerless? First um, off, the intro was amazing. Yes. Very good intro. Um, there was one uh, particular moment uh, at the end of episode one where they had succeeded in their quest to keep their branch open and the entire like R&D department like just like broke into cheers and then did a group hug and Emily was like standing there kind of like trying to awkwardly like wiggle her way into the hug and this scene was very long you weren't 
like the camera was not zoomed in on her. So you didn't really like notice this unless you were like looking, but she's like on the edge of several like group hug friendship circles, trying to like edge her way in. And then she kind of like awkwardly pats someone on the back and then turns to another group that's group hugging and kind of tries to like nose her way in and then gives up on that. And it's just very good. It's just very good comedy. That's extremely granular, but I remember that so distinctly. I was like, yeah, that, oh boy, oh boy, I've been in that situation. Van's assistant, Van's secretary, uh-huh. and Van are the best parts of this show. I yeah. can I can take or leave a lot of the, like, side characters. I can take or leave uh, Emily herself but van and the i don't assistant. like emily but van and the assistant are amazing uh they just have this really weird dynamic where they kind of hate each other but like work well together where like the assistant like manipulates him and van van's like a dummy it's great it's very good it cracks me up I think There's a lot is, of really solid, like, one-liners there, yeah. too. I think that is a, a real testament to the actors in the roles. Um, oh, well, yeah. Alan Tudyk is amazing in everything. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yes. Because because one of the things... Well, uh, I won't have to talk about it later. I'll just mention it now. That the side plots, like, the whole, like, side, like, adventures that they're on, I was going to say, I don't care about them at all, except for the fact that it's Alan Tudyk and... And uh, Christine um, Kink, I think her name is. They are pretty stellar. I also agree. I also love that relationship. This weird, like, disaffected, like, jaded secretary who's, like, she's also, like, she's not old, but she's, like, a mature woman. She's not, like, a young secretary that seems to always happen in shows. But she's, like, an, a grown woman with children, and she's just, like, so 100% over this giant man-child that she effectively babysits mm-hmm. on the daily. And, yeah, it's just, it's really good. And despite Van being, like, a total man-child loser, uh, it was nice to see him be semi-competent in Sinking Day. As much as he was incredibly yeah. incompetent yes. and caused all of the problems... When it came time to woo the Atlanteans, like he had yeah. like done his research and knew all the gifts to get each of the three businessmen and like was able to schmooze a bit. And it's like, oh, wow, this guy might have been brilliant at one point, but he's just been riding the last name Wayne this whole time and hasn't had to try. Yeah. But like there, there was a spark of talent there before. Um, I want to real quick back up and say that the actress's name is Christina Kirk, who plays Jackie, uh, Van's assistant. Do not search Christina Kink. You will get porn. Um, mm, yeah, that's not surprising. Uh, one of the things I love about this show is the commentary that it has to make about superhero media. Yes. Um, it, it, there's an early line where they're talking about like why they need to like create the things they create to protect people. And they say, like, there's no jewel thieves anymore. There's no bank robbers. It's just villains trying to destroy the Earth and superheroes fighting each other for ill-defined reasons. Which, like, yeah, this was coming that. out right around the time of Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice. like And Civil yeah. War. And Civil War, yes, of course. Like, it's, it's just, like, it is the perfect just, like, takedown of the super grim, dark Zack Snyder film universe. Um and down here on Earth, us humans who the, the superheroes are so, you know, they're tearing themselves up to protect are just kind of like, eh, got another supervillain. He's ruining my cupcakes. And yeah, I, I love watching the people respond to superheroes flying by and supervillains like maniacally laughing. Like every time this villain Jack-O-Lantern like does his like ha evil laugh, everyone just kind of rolls their eyes and shrugs and goes back mm-hmm. to what they're doing knowing that like this guy's gonna monologue and then someone's gonna take him out yeah like it's very charming yeah i love the the tone of this show the sort of like silly happy 
there's a lot of bright colors. It's sort of like traditional superhero aesthetic in that way. It's very surreal. It's very Jack Kirby. Yeah, nothing feels like nothing feels like real life, and it's not meant to. You know, none of the characters quite feel normal like they're real people. They all seem like silly comic book characters, and all the environments. It's a little bit like Pushing Daisies esque. Uh, not as sophisticated as Pushing Daisies. I would not... Pushing Daisies is a masterpiece. Um, but that sort of hyper-saturated, surreal vibe is there. And it's just mm-hmm. so nice Bat- compared to, like, the grim dark shit. Batman in this universe 100% has shark repellent on his utility belt. Mm-hmm. And when he punches someone, it goes pow mm-hmm. and blam. Yep. Like that's just what it feels like. Well, you're also, you're not far off Gr- because the the like spoken word intro to the first episode is done by one Adam West. Is it really? Yeah. Did you not notice that voice? Happy. No, I, I didn't. I didn't yeah. know either. But like Green Arrow wears a jaunty cap in this universe yes. and has a yes. has a boxing glove arrow and Robin wears pixie boots. Like this is the superhero universe that you're in. It's great. Well, mm-hmm. at the end of the first episode, like they the the device they invented that saved uh Wayne security uh was a like supervillain smell detector watch. And so okay, so of course the the sort of rent sort of joke, I guess is that uh, people don't know that Bruce Wayne is Batman. Like, that's in this universe, nobody has put it together that Bruce Wayne is Batman. And um, they at the end, they're watching the news, and the news reports on the fact that Batman used a device that detected the Joker's smell or whatever, and they were like, oh, huh, that's so weird. That's so weird that Wayne Security invented that. And then, like, Batman's research team must have come up with exactly the same thing, because there's no way that Batman could know, like, what's happening at Wayne's security. That would be silly. And it's just, like, it's just like that. It's just be yeah. like that. The, the, the idea that there's a uh, fantasy superhero league where, like, you're betting on how many people the the hero you, like, pick saves and it keeps track of how many people they rescue and uh that's just very charming to me that's just funny they uh even just like to take it back to like the world that we're in the batman that we're seeing the they one of the primary products of wayne security is a joker anti-venom and the depiction Mm -hmm. of the joker on it is like cesar romero very like crazy green hair like cartoony joker yeah and like great. even if that's not like what joker looks like in this world that's how they depict him <laughs> and mm-hmm, if you mm-hmm. if your joker can be depicted that way then like it's it's okay universe this is not like you know oh which boat of people are you gonna kill this is a very clever uh, ethical query I have um, something to say about society. <laughs> yeah. This is just a joker. This is just joker who's, who's going around with his henchmen and, and causing mischief. Cackling. Yep. Yep. I like the Olympian subplot. I thought it was funny that they all oh. thought that their one really sexy coworker is like this very sluttily dressed man superhero. Oh yeah, they're like timing how long he takes in the bathroom and like trying to map his uh his like PTO days to the days like, when the Olympian appears on TV and stuff. Totally inappropriate to do to your coworker, but like very funny. So my 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 misgiving about the first episode is just that it's a pilot, the writing is kind of loose and sloppy. Um, jokes, like you said, Andy, some jokes aren't landing, which like comedy is hard. I'll give you a pass on that. I feel like the writing really tightens up in episode two. Um, and like you said, by episode three, we're getting some like real development with van with mm, pretty much just van. Um, I, I think the, I, I, I'll talk about it later. I feel like some of the other characters could use a little bit more development, but what we was can- the, uh, the line about the love of a mother? That Van had. Oh, um, he's 
Because we legit like, laughed out loud for like 40 seconds after that line. It was something like, this, like the Yeti and the love of one's mother, is not something that you can buy. And then she's like, and Van would know he spent a lot of money on both of those things. <laughs> and then he comes in and he's like, I'm so close to getting the Yeti. Or something like that. It, we... Died one. Yeah. One. Everyone in this household loves and stands cryptids, and two, we all have terrible relationships with our mothers. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> in uh, I, I think it's in the third episode. Um, one of the things about Emily is she's going always going on on about her father and this flower shop he runs, and it goes on and on. She keeps doing this, and at one point, Van's just like. You never talk about your mom. What's your deal with your mom? Do you, do you, like, it was just like, yeah, how, how come she never does that? Also, does Van, Van is always like, you and you and the peasants and your peasant fathers. In his shop. <laughs> he talks about, because uh, Van's dad shows up and says, uh, like, oh, you've lost the one thing that, like, means the most is my respect. Emily comes in and is like, it's okay. And Van goes, you don't understand. Your father's a poor. You don't have to care about his respect. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I very distinctly remember the phrase, a poor. And, and like, it, it's so over the top. But this, yep. is, this is how rich people really are. And that's why right, we have to right. eat them. Yeah. <laughs> it's over the top. and like Rich people are all evil. It, it's so over the top and surreal and like you could like it's certainly done in that tone. It is certainly just like the, the, that is the, the the world that they are choosing to write. But also it's like if you lived in a world with superheroes to the point where superheroes and supervillains just became mundane, you could either be like the people on the train who are like disgruntled all the time or be like these like super bouncy, super just like nothing makes sense. The, the our future is not in our own hands. So fuck it. Like, what are we? Yeah. What are we doing here? There was one guy with a, a cart full of like pastries on the street, and like a villain zoomed by and like dropped a car on his cart full of pastries, and he just sighed and went, "We're out of everything," <laughs> and like <laughs> totally unfazed. But yeah, it, and there was like, of course, this was in the pilot, so it was a setup, but. Like, Emily was on the train in Charm City for the first time, and, uh, like, a supervillain grabbed the train and derailed it, and then a superhero appeared and, like, put it back on the rails, and everyone else was like, oh, jeez, I gotta call my boss, I'm gonna be late again, and she's like, wow, guys, wow, you don't see that every day, and then they were like, nope, you literally do, and she's like, this is so cool, this is the best day of my life, and they were like, oh my god, please shut up, woman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and her her point being that, like, she was from, I guess, the Midwest, she said she was in a flyover state, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and, like, because superheroes just fly right over, yeah. and, like, mm-hmm. Yeah, you never have to worry about the Riddler going after, I don't know, Wyoming, Nebraska, like, like I don't know, I don't know those other states. I only know the East Coast and the West Coast. I don't even know what's out there. Kentucky? Is that, is that in the middle of the U.S.? It sure is a state. It's a state. <laughs> it's one of them. Um, I'm sure, like, Alaska has some supervillain labs, and Hawaii has... Uh, all the Superboy's villains are in Hawaii. But, like, middle of the U.S., yeah, they got no super crime. There's nothing worth stealing there. So moving to the uh, good old Charm City on the East Coast, yeah. Which is Baltimore, by the way. It's Baltimore, yeah. I mean, it's so, it like, Charm City is the nickname for real-life Baltimore, so. Yes. There's nothing in this show that's analogous to Baltimore. I've just decided that this show happens where I live. Yeah. So. At one point, and I, I we I, we didn't really see much more of this, but I hope we do. the The villain of episode two was the HR guy, um, mm-hmm. and I just feel like with a costume and with a little bit more pizzazz, he is like in Batman's Rogue Gallery. So I hope we like see these like very mundane, everyday dis like people that get in our way and are, are kind of just like annoying. Played up to the degree of like, ha ha ha, but what He's if I just dis- super villain? What if I destroy the internet for specifically our office? It just it felt very, very like retro villain. 
I love that, Ronnie. That's very good. Yeah. I also that actor would be a great condiment king or yeah. stuff man. Yeah. <laughs> some some dumb Batman villains. I also wanted to point out that they didn't make any like in bad taste short people jokes. Which I very much expect. Yeah, we like that there of course it's it's meant to be sort of like inherently comical because it's weirdly surreal, but the HR guy is like very short. He's like a very short little dude. Like they use forced perspective in the shots to make him look much shorter than he really is. And I was like, oh boy, we're going to get some, some tiny hands jokes and we're going to get some Napoleon jokes and it's just going to go on and on. They didn't make one like verbally. They did not make one single short guy joke. And I was like, well, that's refreshing. Granted, like the fact that he's short is funny, but also like the fact that, um, What's the actor who plays Abed in Community's name? Uh, Danny, Danny Pudi. Pudi. Danny Pudi. The fact that he wears really exaggerated turtlenecks is also like like sort of a surreal, weird, these aren't real people kind of a joke. So, yeah, yeah. just good, good, good on him for not like doing bad taste jokes. Uh, Danny Pudi has been fantastic in this too, by the yes. way. Yeah. Uh, oh, I Danny Pudi, Ron Funches, like they, they are, they, all yeah. three of them are a joy. I was really worried that he was going to be similar to Abed and like, I, I didn't want another Abed. Like I already have Abed for that mm-hmm. and not at all similar, like totally, totally different character, totally different wheelhouse. And it was just like, yeah. Oh, thank God. Like I, I was so worried that, you know, he had such an iconic nerdy role that this is now another nerd show that yeah. they were going to try and shoehorn him into that. Mm-hmm. And he th- is a nerd, but he's a very different nerd. He's like an yeah. engineer yeah. nerd. He's a sexy nerd. In this. Yeah. 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 The the trio of Danny Pudi, Ron Funches and Jenny Pearson and then Christina Kirk, the assistant kind of joins in towards the end. It just they're just so genuine and like so like I, one of my notes was that like. In the first episode, this felt like a DC show about people in an office, about like powerless people. By the second episode, it feels like a very lived in. This feels like an office uh, comedy, like a workplace comedy that, oh, by the way, just happens to have like Superman and Batman in it. Like it is it is very lived in. It's very genuine. And the trio of them do a lot to, to make that happen. I agree with you on two thirds of that trio. You're not a Jenny Pearson fan? She's, uh, it's not her fault. I think the character is written very poorly. That's fair. Like, who, who like are we talking about? The, the grumpy one who hates Emily. And like, oh, that's yeah, her only joke. My Emily detector. Well, that's just I like, mean, that's something we can, let, let's jump into negatives now then. Yeah, let's slide um, right in. Let's because slide I, right think, into the I think everyone, um, is just very one note. And, yeah. and again, we've only had, you know, not even a full hour with these people. Um, and with only 12 episodes and only half hour episodes, I don't know that we're really going to get much deeper. Um, but you know, everyone is kind of painted with just that. Uh, Emily is bubbly. Uh, Christina is, or, or Jackie is kind of just over it. Uh, Ron is black. Like that was a, a, a bit of an uncomfortable thing that they leaned on a bit too heavily yeah. for my taste. I'll talk about yeah. that a little bit later. I, I, I agree. Episode three, there was like a weird joke and I was like, Hmm, there well, at the beginning of episode uh, I forget. I think two. She makes like he's like, "Oh, you whipped him into shape," and and uh, she makes like a whipping sound. And Ron's like, "Ooh, no!" And she's like, "I regret it immediately." And I was like, "Ugh!" And then um, she is like coming out of HR, and Ron's like, "Ooh, are you in HR? Are you making whipping sounds at more other black people?" And I was like, "Well, that's kind of that's funny." Like the, just the round back on it. But then they leaned on that a couple more times, and it's like if. Like the strength of this cast is in its diversity. I I, I like that. But if it's going to be the crutch for all the comedy throughout it, that's not like even like they, the the Atlanteans come in and the joke is that Ron um, is it's Atlantean, Atlantean yeah. and they kind of like play up thing like because all the Atlanteans that come in are very like tall Swedish white folks. 
And they're like, uh, you're from Atlantean Atlantis too? And he's like, yeah, because I, they're so, you know, dour and I'm so fun and bubbly. But like the subtext is like, no, it's because you're black. And it's like, that's, can we just, can he have yeah, another the, the, personality the, except for the black guy? Also, the other joke is like, I thought you were from Atlanta. Right, right. Like, yeah. yeah uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, also, the, the whole like, oh, he can't be from Atlantis because he's black bit. Just like as a big DC Comics fan, I I, I didn't quite yeah. get either because like right. literally the best character from Atlantis is Caldor in Young Justice, and like dude is black and is just yeah. like the best Atlantean character we've ever had. So isn't Black like, Manta black? Black, yeah. Bl- well, depending on your continuity, Black Manta Ooh. is either a human or an Atlantean. He's gotcha. sometimes both and sometimes neither. Uh, but yeah, like Black Manta, It, I mean, he's black and it's in his name and he's an Atlantean too. Right. Come on, y'all. Yeah, that, that just, it was kind of the, the fact there, that there, there could have been a funnier joke there about yeah, like yeah. other Atlanteans showing up to the office and is, is the character's name Ron? Yeah. And like. Ron not fitting in with them and it didn't have to be a race thing. It could have right. been any number of reasons why he didn't fit in with them mm-hmm. and they why do, he works in this office building on the surface. At one point they do kind of like what's supposed to be like an Atlantean salute and he returns it, but it's just like a black power like fist. Yeah. And it's like, boy, also that's diminishing something extremely important. Uh, yeah. I, I it, if it was just episode two and that's where they kind of like got that out of the way, I'd be like, fine. But the fact that they returned to it in episode three, I was just like, I if this is going to be the only like arrow you have in your quiver is like for Ron is just that like he's looks different than us, huh? Um, I, I, I'm I'm going to I'm going to start to pull away a little bit, no matter how and, much I like the rest and- of it. And, like, no one's hitting uh, Danny Pudi with these jokes or Vanessa Hudgens with these jokes. It's literally just Ron being right. black. They they do do a bit at the beginning of episode three where they talk about Vanessa Hudgens being Filipino. And, and like, they're, again, it's just, like, they throw some some race bits back and forth. And it's like, this is, is this the show for this? I don't feel like this is the vehicle. I didn't like that joke. Uh, I I guess it, like, was trying to be there to, like, subvert the thing where lol white people and then she's like i'm filipino though and then they were all like lol everyone's racist right um but it didn't it didn't go anywhere like that that joke was it it felt like a time filler or something right Uh, i guess they were just trying to fit in a mention of vanessa hudgens being filipino for some reason but like it, it just that conversation had no place in the right. rest of the show. And right. it just felt, it felt very strange. It comes um, back for like a second, but it's just to make another bad tasteless joke. So it's, it's, it's not as if it's setting up anything good to, to yeah. do. Um, uh, that said, I, I'm not crazy about Vanessa Hudgens. I don't know if that's good or bad casting. Cause she's supposed to be like, I don't think she's not supposed to be unlikable to the audience, but she's, like a big plot point is that her coworkers really don't like her. Right. I don't and think like, she's supposed to be un- unlikable, but I definitely don't think she's supposed to be like the hero of the show kind of thing. I don't yeah. think we're supposed to be like behind her a hundred percent. Yeah. I, I don't find her to be particularly dynamic. I, I can, I'm not really in, she's not my favorite character of the show. Two things on that note. One, Vanessa Hudgens trying to be friends with her employees immediately made me not on her side like if you're the boss like you can be friendly with your employees but you don't get to be their friend yeah and then two making hr the villain was like oh that's not how that works in real life you might have an hr person who's annoying but like making them the evil villain i was like yeah you've never worked for a company where you need hr like, like this was written by a straight cis white man. Right. Yeah. I think that, uh, yeah, yeah. The, where, where HR is the villain because they're being told, you know, what they can and can't do. 
Um, I think it's uh, at some companies HR is more protect to protect the company than to protect the humans. Um, sure. But your your point your point stands. It is it is a little little off there on both points. Um, yeah, I, I I don't. I hope that we get more. As much as it's like she's the boss, I wish she wasn't the boss. I think I just wish she was like you know a team lead or something like that because. I want to see the relationship burgeon with the trio of designers with Van. Now that we know that Van is not like completely incapable, like what, how can they like, you know, work together now? But the fact that she is kind of like middle management is just kind of like, I don't want her hanging out with Van and become best friends with Van, but I also don't want her becoming best friends with her employees. So who am I supposed to be? Who Who is supposed to be in scenes with Vanessa Hudgens? I don't. I don't know where you go from there. This is a weird side complaint I have. Go. That I like that they are on the periphery of, like, the DC universe. Mm Mm-hmm. But at the same time, if the only characters we see so far are Crimson Fox and Jack-O-Lantern, who I'm pretty sure they just made up for this show, like, that's kind of a bummer. Like, yeah. I, I, I don't get why this is set in Charm City instead of Gotham City. And I'm not saying I need to see Batman swing by, but, like, they could mention Commissioner Gordon or, like, the a, a, a red blur could run by and people could argue about which flash it was. Mm-hmm. Like, that'd be fun. You don't need to, like, directly show them necessarily, but... They did talk about the flash. No, no, they've talked about The Flash, they've talked about Wonder Woman, they've talked about Aquaman, so they've talked about all these people, but, like, those glimpses where you just, like, barely see uh, the hero fly by, or, um, like, the Olympian on TV, like, it'd be fun if that was a character that anyone cared about in real life. I, I wonder if they're, like, because there have been issues with that in the past of, like, DC films also wanting to feature the actors and act or the characters that DC TV has or, or plans to use. And it's kind of been like, well, you can't use them anymore, even though it's two t- completely separate universes. Yeah. Um, They've since given up on that with how popular the Arrowverse is. Oh, sure, like when, sure, they, sure. when they brought Superman yeah. into Supergirl, I think that like busted the door wide open. Yeah. I think we're going to have to wait a little bit longer to get uh, Batman on the new um, Ruby Rose Batwoman show. But yeah, you're yeah, definitely. He's on Titans now, though. Like like Batman's just on Titans now. Oh, wow. So, yeah, they Um, got a Jorah Mormont to play him. Whoa, that is good. Um, Might get me to watch Titans. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. I agree with you, Andy. One of the things I wrote an article a couple years ago about Daredevil and why Daredevil, the TV show, worked for me was because it was like the small potatoes of the Marvel Universe. Like it's it, Hell's Kitchen is nowhere that Captain America and Thor are going, but someone's got to clean up that town. And this feels like even once removed from that of like, this is just the average people. Like, what is this world like where there are like literal superhero battles happening every day? How do people like get along? But... I also think this show has to compete with the same thing that like Gotham does, where if this show is tangentially about Batman, I kind of just want to see Batman. Like, yeah, I, I just like if if you're like it doesn't have to be a Batman show. But if like Batman is been mentioned more than three times an episode, I kind of want to see Batman. And if you're not going to do that for me, I'm going to have the same like satisfaction issues that we had all the way back in like frequency of just like, just give me a little something. Give me a taste at the end of an episode. Like they keep saying Bruce Wayne. Bruce Wayne. It feels like everyone winks at the camera. Like you, the viewer, know he's Batman, right? You guys know who Bruce Wayne is. We're going to keep saying Bruce Wayne because we can. We're allowed to. We're an official DC property. We can say the name Bruce right. Wayne. And and as much as I totally agree with you, I love that the show is the small potatoes and is just zeroed in on these boring mundanes in this fantastical world. At the same time, give me just a little glimpse. Just give me a little yeah. glimpse of Green Lantern flying by or I, something. As and 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 as as sad as it is, 
I think this is I think it's going to be almost like a the teacher or the parents in the Charlie Brown show kind of thing where we're not going to see them. Like it would be weird to like show Bruce Wayne walking into this place like he is just always going to remain this mythological figure on this show. But it is how the show navigates around that, how it how it keeps me interested when it's not giving me the one thing I want. OK, show me what I actually want. Then show me what you're what you have to, to offer for sure. Um, but yeah, I think that is, uh, that covers it. This, this is a good show. I remember watching the pilot when it came out and it is admittedly a kind of a weak clunky pilot. Um, but it, I am happy to have watched the rest of it because it's, it definitely gets better. Yeah. I'm genuinely excited to watch more of this. Yeah, for sure. For sure. But thank you again to who was it? Electric gauntlet. Uh, yep. f- for sending uh, for sending us this this uh, spreadsheet that that uh, Evan found this show on. I did. Um, I definitely used the spreadsheet. We were gonna do the the Tron animated show, but I was like, "Ooh, you know what? This looked good." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's 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 the perfect. You know, we go from a a, a twenty six episode show to a twelve episode show. Uh, you know, we're gonna we're gonna vacillate here. We're gonna go back and forth. Uh, like I said, jump on board with us, go to Tubi, T-U-B-I, and sell your soul to the data devil, um, and get, get to watch the show for free. Do it now before we do Young Hercules, which is going to be like 68 episodes. I oh, can't gosh. wait. I don't know how we're going to pull that off, but we'll find a way for Ryan Gosling. Is that who's in it? Yep. Little, yep. little Ryan Gosling. Little Ryan Gosling. He, Billy not the a- Goat Man. Truly, truly a gosling in this show. Not yet a goose, not yet a gander. If you want to uh, follow us, you can follow us on Twitter. Uh, we are at Pending Pod. We are on Facebook at Pending Pod. On Instagram at Ending Pending. You can send us an email, pendingpod at gmail.com. Uh, and be sure to check out lunarlightstudio.com for lots of other great podcasts on the Lunar Light family of products hop over to patreon.com slash lunar light hq lots of amazing things there i will be doing a cooking stream in november um even if you you all you have to do is down uh, donate five dollars to get access to that do that and then cancel it afterwards uh just so you can watch the cooking stream the the lunar light uh, uh parents don't really know that i'm telling you to do that but maybe you'll forget maybe you'll forget to cancel it i don't know um, there's also a new podcast coming out, a mini pod that'll only be available on uh, the Patreon from me uh, called Absolutely Positive, where I take all the the positivity you love on Ending Pending, and I just, I, I do it about everything. I'm positive With, about everything. Without Evan and I there to drag it down. Exactly. Yeah. Without us it's, terrible it's, killjoys. It's weird how like the me. voice in my back, back of my head while I'm recording that is like, yeah, sometimes you need this stuff because the world is so rough. No, no, no. <laughs> I, 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 uh, I, I put you there. I, you're there with me in spirit. Believe me. Um, but you can get all that stuff and more uh, bonus episodes of uh, mock footage, bonus episodes of uh, Deck of Friendship, bonus episodes of uh, Ghost Artificial Ghost Radio. All of that is available at patreon.com slash LunarLightHQ. Check it out. Uh, support the art you love. Uh, and and I, I, I am very bold in assuming that we are the art you love. But, but uh, you know, you sometimes better. it takes a bold hero to, to change the world. Um, and until next time. Don't tell Pawn Shop Lou. Don't tell him. Lunar Light Studio. Pretty, witty, and gay. Mm-hmm.